SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The, the Bear guys, <laughs> unfortunately, got real pushed off to the side. That was a good game, yeah. though. Good game. It was. Well, I thought you needed it because, you know, I was using the dual TV even during the day on Saturday, right? The Buffalo game on one side, Clemson, Notre Dame. But then when I hit that late window, right, I had Packers, Panthers. I had Bama on one. I was like, oh, wait a second. I got to see if my Cincinnati Bearcats can remain undefeated. By the way, they did, but it doesn't matter at all. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about it all, but let's get on into the NFL where week 15 was on the marquee. And Kev, obviously the biggest game of this week. A lot of people thought it was a Super Bowl preview and it was a good game. We had the Kansas City Chiefs go into the Superdome and, you know, they kind of had a working margin throughout, right? then Drew Brees does close late in the game. We have, you know, a little bit of late drama, especially if you had three and a half or three as a point spread. But ultimately, the Kansas City Chiefs do get in Patty Mahomes with three touchdowns. Drew Brees also throws three touchdowns, but he does throw a pick. The Chiefs win by three. Yeah, at the end of the day, uh, from a betting perspective, that safety was set up to ruin you yeah. as someone that paid a little juice to get minus two and a half on the Chiefs. Uh, it was like, oh, that's great. This was built in a lab for the Chiefs to somehow win this game by one or two. But it ultimately didn't matter. And what was so impressive was once we hit you know, halftime, the, just, the Chiefs came out. They looked like the Chiefs. I mean, they scored 32 points in New Orleans, one of the best defenses in right. football. And they didn't really feel like they even played their A-plus game on the offensive side of the ball. It was just wildly impressive from them start to finish. They, everything with the Chiefs remains the same. They are the best team in football. They are the question. They are the answer. They are the end-all, be-all right now in this league. Every single number in the futures market on them is understandable. The gap between them and everybody else seems to be valid. To give the Saints credit, though, Starting Drew Brees is a question that I think some people might come away with uncertain of whether it was the right decision or not. I think by game's end, you know, if you you know, the final stat line is not pretty, but by game's end, I think it was clearly the right move for them to be starting Drew Brees. All right, fair enough. Um, you know, in this game, unfortunately for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire goes down late in what looks like a an injury we're going to have to monitor all week long. Couldn't put any weight on it. Lev Bell got a little bit banged up at the very end as well. As we welcome our radio audience and all of our affiliates, big shout out and thank you for getting up on the grid early to get the edge. Dane and Kevin, as always, giving you everything you need on a Monday morning as we look back. So, you know, that's definitely something for the Chiefs to monitor if both their running backs did get a little bit banged up. Let me ask you about these Saints. I know you're saying that Drew Brees making the return from his 11 broken ribs was ultimately the right decision, right? But they do lose this game, albeit to the Chiefs. Talk to me how you what you think about this Saints team. They're in a dogfight, Kev, now for the bye, for the number one seed. Tampa even won in that division, you know, kind of in the rearview mirror. And remember, there's not going to be any Michael Thomas for the rest of the season. We heard that over the weekend as well as he was put on IR. Do you have any concerns now? Because, listen, the Saints are in a race to be able to have playoff games in the Dome to be able to have a bye. How do you feel about this Saints offense now that Drew Brees is back? 
Yeah, I don't think the Saints are going to be able to get the bye. They have a shot. Green Bay has a very difficult game next week, but I believe we're in a situation where if Green Bay wins that game, the Saints will then kind of be blocked off from catching them because of the head-to-head victory that which Green Bay holds over them. I think for the Saints as a whole, the reason why I say starting Drew Brees was the right move, Drew Brees started this game 0 for 6 with an interception. Looked horrible. I mean, he really looked horrendous. You know, I was doing the show with Holden Kushner on in-game live, and he's like, are they going to actually have to bench Drew Brees for Taysom Hill? Hmm. And that was not the move. They were out there. It's not that they were trying to win the game. They were absolutely trying to win the game. But I think what we're seeing right now from the Saints is a very long-term approach. At the end of the day, they hosted Kirk Cousins last year in the Dome, and they lost the game. Okay, seeding be damned. You need to be playing at the optimal level. And for them, they need Drew Brees to get back in a rhythm. That final drive that got them maybe the backdoor cover or a backdoor push for people, he was 6 of 7 with a touchdown pass. That's what you need to see from Drew Brees. I think also shutting down Michael Thomas speaks volume. They want to make sure that he's 100%. They don't feel like he needs the reps to be out there. So all in all for the Saints... Breeze ended the game strong, but I don't think the bye is in their future. All right, yeah, I don't either. They will need Michael Thomas because outside of that, you got Manny Sanders and then a lot of backs and tight ends. They are going to need someone to threaten the field in the playoffs. We'll talk more when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, you know, as we look back at now week 15, right, like Chiefs, Saints, oh, what a big game. There's other huge games about playoff teams and stuff like that. But I got to tell you what the biggest game of the day was yesterday. The New York Jets get a W, Kev. They get their first win of the year on the road, Kev, as 17-point dogs in Los Angeles. And I don't know, Kev, a lot of people were talking about this Rams team, right? As like, oh, nobody wants to see these Rams. Nobody would want to play them. They may be the best team in the NFC. They may be complete. Look at that defense. Well, that defense, you know, did not turn the Jets over at all, allowed them to score 23 points. And listen, Jared Goff with the one pick, uh, the Rams also, because to be honest, in this game, there weren't huge performances, right? So when you have to look at something, what was it that stood out? The Jets just kind of had a business-like effort, just kind of beat this team one thing i did look to though you need to be able to convert you need to be able to get first downs the rams went two of 11 on third down kev you know Mm -hmm. in that time where they have to keep dry and trust me as a jets fan i know i scream at the tv all the time it'll be third and eight and i'm like come on guys get off the field now defense and they never do but yesterday they did sam darnold played Mm. a clean game and that's the recipe to uh the first jets victory of the season and now the Rams slide back, you know, in the conference and in the NFC West. For the Jets, right? Yeah. Which is incredible that a team that, you know, had all of the conversation around it like the Rams did mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Quarterback's a bus driver. It's not going to help. But for the Jets, what's really interesting is this team, their, their scripted plays seem to be working wonders. 
They've scored on the first drive of the game. I believe it's eight games in a Seven row. Seven games or something like that. Yeah. It's something <laughs> ridiculous, right? Yeah. yeah. They put up a touchdown drive. Their first drive of the second half was a touchdown drive. Now, outside of that, they had six points handed to them by Rams turnovers, a block punt, an interception. You have to make those plays. I'm just saying the offense did yeah. usually what the offense does is they nothing, right? But then in the second half, they they saw the finish line. They actually like, hey, we're still in this game somehow. We should have lost this game a, a hundred different times. L- like, let's just go out there and, and, and let's make plays. And old man Frank Gore making that six-yard yeah. catch. I mean, that's an incredible play. Listen, I'm not a Jet fan, okay? I'm not a Jet fan. The emotions, I you can put them into words. I can't. Here's what I know. It is unfair that an organization's requirement to getting the first overall selection is zero victories. That is a yeah. completely ridiculous ask. That is not in like that's not in the realm of reality here that we are talking about. Last year the Bengals right. lost multiple games and got the first overall selection. The fact that the Jags have have lost Yeah, I mean 0 and 16 has only happened like twice in this millennium. You know what I mean? Like maybe five or six times in NFL history, you know? Right. right. Like you're supposed, and also you're never supposed to want your team to go zero and sixteen. Like it's just, the, yeah. listen, is losing the rights to draft Trevor Lawrence, especially after how the ACC championship game played out. Yeah, and I'm not telling you not to be upset about it, but more so the idea that like this organization will never get anything right. Maybe they are cursed, right. but I'm just not going to take an organization to task because they're going to go one in 15. Like that's not how I, I don't think that's a fair critique. I agree with you. You know, I absolutely agree with you. This, this kind of became a runaway train for the jets, right? It's very easy to pile on to the jets. They have been the doormat. They have been the butt of jokes ever since the, you know, ever since before you were alive, Kevin, you know, well before things like the butt fumble and things of that nature. Right. So it is very easy, but they do get a win. I've been saying all season long, Kev, yes, they're going to get a win. I don't know where it's going to come, but in the same way, when we talk about college football, Ball, right you got to avoid the landmine so did teams facing the jets and so unfortunately you know the jets are the jets they'll get the win and now quite frankly there's no reason really to talk about them for the rest of the season right vis-a-vis the jags we'll figure that one out but talk to me about the rams kev because the rams have a lot to play for they needed this game to keep up with the big dogs in the nfc hell to keep up with their opponent next week the seattle seahawks they're gonna have to go to seattle next week and now they're one game back in that division have any concern for you from what you saw from this rams team yesterday yeah they lost to the jets as 17 point home favorites there's off off of extra rest there's a ton of concern at the end of the day can the rams go out there and play a clean game and beat any you know any givens sure but nfc best team in the nfc most complete team in the N- no no they're not no, they're not. Now Jared Goff at quarterback. It's nonsense. 22-34, 209 passing yards against the Jets. Are you, like, no! I love how no. the end of all this stuff is going to be, like, against the Jets. But, yeah, go ahead. Like, Dane, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. He was 40-3 last week. 40-3. to It was embarrassing. They didn't look like oh, they belonged on the field. <laughs> 
And then they just no, beat I, the Rams in LA off extra rest because the game script didn't allow them to hand it off to Cam Akers enough. I, look, it's a pathetic no, performance. They can still win the NFC West next week. I think they'll be scrappy against Seattle. It's a huge game. I'm already pumped for that game next week. Yeah, At the end of the game. day, though, when we're talking about the best teams in the NFC, please leave this team out of the conversation. Fair enough. And remember, this is why I always say, Kev, sometimes stringing the assumptions together, right? And they're going to be favored. Well, they were favored by 17 points and couldn't get the job done. It reminds me, quite frankly, of a couple of weeks ago when another team from New York were double-digit dogs on the road to a big old NFC West team, and they couldn't get the job done, right? These things happen. I'm not saying there's no reason to look at something like a point spread or make some assumptions right but we can never just kind of tick 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 that is why they mm -hmm. proverbially play the games i mentioned those seattle seahawks they may be the primary beneficiaries right kev they now are in first place well maybe the jaguars are the primary beneficiaries but i digress we've got the seattle seahawks right they traveled west to east they were on a sloppy potential field for the one o'clock start in a game against another division leader in the nfc right against the football team but it was in fact Dwayne Haskins and so Seattle another kind of business like effort I mean Kev Russell Wilson throws for 121 yards he runs for 52 when you had Carson 63 the high 50 yard touchdown run Seattle ran for more yards than they threw for but it doesn't matter right like you said you just get the result a win is a win they did enough in the style of the game to get the win, yeah, Dwayne Haskins maybe had shots at the end, but he couldn't come through. Ultimately, Seahawks go on a road trip, take care of business, 20 to 15. Look, for in, in the prism of week 15, them getting the win is the most important thing. When you and I try and figure out who's here in the NFC, right? This is not a good performance. Dwayne Haskins had the ball to win the game. I mean, I think you should be higher for the Seahawks PR team, like, ah, up against another division leader. I mean, that's a smooth move, my friend. Washington they beat a, a division leader on the road. They beat yeah, a division right. leader on the road. That's a, I mean, that's A-plus PR move. I mean, they had a backup quarterback. So did the Chiefs this week. The Chiefs beat a division leader on the road this week. Right. So I mean, and the it's the same quality opponent. I love that move from you. I think it's A plus. I don't know what's happened to Russ. I can't believe this guy was minus money to win the MVP. It's like it's just a completely different world. What's going on? I mean, 121 yards passing. That's unbelievable to me. And I just and this is the only thing I'm going to say, right? Because they held Washington to 15 points, right? Yeah. And this is what we said was going to happen. Oh, let's look at the defense. They figured it out. Last four quarterbacks: Wentz, Colt McCoy. Sam Darnold, Dwayne Haskins. At least they got Jared Goff coming up. Now. Can you define that category? Because, you know, Wentz is in it also. Yeah, horrible. Horrible. Right there you the go. Day. Horrible. <laughs> there you go. And here's the thing. I get it. We're poking holes in the Hawks still. They are 10-4 and four and in first place. We'll talk about more games when we come back right here on the early line on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Big shout out to all of our affiliates for hopping up on the grid early, giving you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Jane Martinez and Kevin Walsh here every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. You know, Kev, so the Washington football team had a chance to, right, to, like, maintain a division lead. They defecate the mattress against Seattle. And then we had to turn to Sunday night because it was the Giants that were primed in that scenario with a win to have the same record as Washington and they would have assumed first place because of their season sweep of the football team even though Kev I think that season sweep that the Giants have against Washington is like by a grand total of three points or something like that but mm -hmm. it is enough to get the tiebreaker if that would ever to come into play but then the Giants pissed it away on Sunday night football. Never really had a chance against the Cleveland Browns, who go in there and beat the Giants 20-6. to I got to tell you something. Like, Baker and the Browns are just kind of firing on cylinders right now. Baker, 27 of 32, Kev. Those are the kind of completion rates that we saw out of guys like Russell Wilson in September, right? The idea of only five incompletions throughout the entire game. The run game wasn't there as much as in previous weeks. Nick Chubb does get a touchdown. He goes for 50. But when Baker is playing like almost flawless like that and Collinsworth is talking about his throwing motion, and all that right mm -hmm. and then you know the um the giants under colt mccoy just aren't really dynamic enough to really threaten at any point in the game you kind of get a hop in hop out ho hum 20 to 6 victory for the browns yeah it's incredible to think that colt mccoy uh won a game in seattle especially when you consider how well yeah seattle defense is playing uh but at the end of the day for the browns the offense is playing really really well and you mentioned well, I mean, baker is is you know getting a little bit more credit now uh you and i again have been talking a lot about this team the right hand or the yeah. left at the end of the day it's great to be able to throw bump them both of them and Word baker up. mayfield his confidence is the most important thing and he has it when he was playing at oklahoma when the heisman and was yep. the best quarterback that season he was the most confident man in the world I mean, throwing the flag down in the middle of Ohio State. He just, right. he was, everything he was doing, he believed in. You know, running up and down the field, the arms waving and things like that. Mm -hmm. He's been bringing that back. And I think that's what the Browns need. I know people don't like Baker Mayfield, the commercials, this, that. I don't care. At the end of the right. day, the Browns need a confident Baker Mayfield, and that's what they have right now. No, I completely agree with you, Kevin. Here's the thing, and 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 you know, I have been saying this all season long. I believe the lion's share of the credit goes to my head coach of the year candidate, Kevin Stefanski. I really believe that whether, Kev, you want to put more credit in the idea of the scheme and not having Baker do too much or whatever it is, or in the fact that there's just an adult in the room, right? Like this Browns-Giants game also gave an opportunity for Freddie Kitchens to get some screen time, and it just made me remember. Like they were a joke under Freddie, and now it's kind of – like, even the commercials play differently, Kev. They really do. Huh. When I see the commercials now, right, it's like, oh, that's clever. You know, instead of being like, oh, I hate Baker's face, right? I think there has been an evolution. I think there has been a maturity change with Baker on the field and off the field. And I consider, I really believe that part of that is, you know, Stefanski there. Maybe part of it is not having to worry or manage a guy like Odell as well. Do you think Baker has matured both on, like in his game, but also as a 
quarterback, as a franchise player, as a leader? Yeah, I, guess I don't think I don't think it's about him maturing. I think it's about him just okay. playing confidently. Because like, I guess mm. the the best version of Baker is a, probably an immature version of Baker, who again, who's just out there running around, discount double like that. Like it has nothing to do with him being like buttoned up and handing the ball around. I don't care about any of that, right? Like, no, no, I'm not saying right. like, that's what people are going to tell you. Like, that's not what that's. It's just he needs to be playing really well. And that's what he's doing right now. And that was the thing when we talk about context all the time. They lost to the Ravens. How the hell of a game from Baker Mayfield? They scored 42 points against a defense that I still hold in pretty high regard. He looked fantastic. He was running all around the field. Can you not get too low on yourselves after losing a heartbreaker and get the job done on Sunday Night Football and look good doing it against a Giants team that seems to keep dragging people down to their level? The answer was yes. And that's what you needed to see from them. Do I think that they'd be better off with Odell? 100%. But that's a conversation for the offseason. Sure enough, we'll probably have that conversation at some point. They did also put up the graphic that speaks to a lot of stuff we've been talking about with Cleveland during the game. They showed the difference in Baker's stats, kind of like when he is under pressure versus when he has a clean pocket, whether that clean pocket is because of that offensive line that has been strong, all because they are moving him in the pocket. There is a dramatic, you know, kind of uptake in his rating, in his completion percentage, in his production. Um, And you would say that about most quarterbacks. But the difference with Baker seems to be dramatic. Baker, you mentioned doing his thing at Oklahoma, planting the flag. Well, in our next game, we talk about, you know, another uh, couple of teams that had an opportunity maybe to take advantage of teams like Washington and the Giants falling down or teams like the Rams falling down. And it was a battle of former Oklahoma Sooner quarterbacks where Kyla Murray gets the best of Jalen Hurts as the Cardinals win 33 to 26. However, both of the young quarterbacks performed incredibly well. Kyler Murray, 406 yards passing, three touchdowns. He gets a touchdown on the ground with his legs as well. Not to be outdone in week two, Jalen Hurts, 338 yards passing, three touchdowns passing. Passing 63 yards rushing and a touchdown rush himself, right? They were going back at it, back and forth. Ultimately, though, when you got DeAndre Hopkins, man, he can make some plays. He made a bunch of plays in this one. And the Cardinals, you know, entered this week in the last playoff spot, needed to win to keep pace because they knew either the Bears or the Vikings were going to win in the Central to apply pressure. And unlike the Rams, the Cardinals get the job done, get another victory, and keep marching on with the playoffs as the goal. Uh, yeah, huge numbers here for the Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray, 406 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. He did turn it over twice, though. And yep. a fumble, you saw a right, right fight. The interception, interception in the red zone, no good. Horrible. No good. Very bad. Can't yep. do that, right? And sure. them being able to score 26 points in the first half and then only seven the rest of the way was pretty surprising. DeAndre Hopkins looked like the best player on the field, which he has a tendency to do. Uh, and going up against the the Eagles have been obliterated by great wide receivers, I feels like, my entire life. Uh, without hmm. Darius Slate, there was only one way that was going to go. Uh, so Hopkins' day was far from surprising. Uh, in fact, it was exactly what was expected. I think Kyler moving forward, though, Dan, because, again, they have the inside track on the playoffs. A couple of weeks back, uh, we had talked about yep. the Cardinals and the Vikings' outlook for their schedules. Uh, the 
Cardinals have won two in a row. The Vikings have lost two in a row. I don't know uh, how excited people are about the Chicago Bears, but the Cardinals have the inside track. Kyler, now, again, the final numbers were wonderful. Can't have the two turnovers. It's got to be better. And the ground game, it's getting better, but it is still not what it was. So I still think Kyler needs to be playing a little bit better. As far as the Eagles go, I mean, Jalen Hurts looks like he's going to be the guy. And it does. The point where Carson Wentz is like, yeah, I'm not backing this guy up. And at the end of the day, it's a really, really messy situation. And I'm not going to turn this show into uh, a big soap opera over Wentz and Hurts and Roseman and Peterson because it's a really long conversation that you and I will have ultimately when Carson Wentz gets moved. But this is very likely going to be the end result. I ordered a Carson Wentz jersey less than a month ago. And I've already come to terms with the fact that that's a a jersey that I'm just going to have to remember the memories and not wear as I cheer on Wentz in midnight green. That's just what we're looking at. And part of that is his attitude. Part of that is his play. But a big part of that. 24 for 44, 338 passing yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, and on the ground, 63 rush yards and a rushing touchdown. The kid looks out of this world. He looks out of this world. It's hard not to think that if he were the quarterback sooner that the Eagles would be having a much different season. Yeah, listen, there's this added element there also, right? He does it again, a rushing touchdown. Remember also the Eagles, and and it's hard for me to say it now because I think they did sack Jalen Hurts something like five or six times in this game. There you go. But, right, like Wentz got sacked like 50 some odd times, right? So the element of the escapability, um, he's making good throws, okay? His receivers are helping him out a little bit. Greg Ward with an incredible play, right? Even the first touchdown was like a little swing pass where the guy makes breaks some guys and goes down the left sideline, right? Receivers Mm -hmm. helping him out. Alshon Jeffrey is all of a sudden back, right? But you can see it. Jalen Hurts can kind of do more. Things and and quite frankly, Kev, that's where the NFL is going, right? Find me a team that doesn't ultimately want their quarterback to be able to have this threat, right? You don't have to be a Kyler Murray, a Lamar Jackson. Like Aaron Rodgers can move in the pocket. You know what I mean? There are other quarterbacks that have that escapability, the ability to extend plays. Or be out there and actually run. And Jalen Hurts can absolutely do that. Real quick, what you are mentioning, I just do want to report it. We are getting reports, Kev, that, you know, Carson Wentz is saying, well, listen, if you guys are making this decision and I am backing up Jalen Hurts, then I don't want to be here. Okay? I don't want to be here. If it is, in fact, that I am the backup, then you need to do something about this. You need to move me. I mean, ultimately, you talk about the jersey. I know we only got like 30 seconds. Do you think Carson Wentz will be wearing whatever shade of green you discussed? Will he be wearing that color, uh, you know, 10 months from now? No, I, I think he gets moved. Uh, the report from Schefter also said that yeah. there are teams inquiring, and they're saying it's actually more of a tradable contract than people realize. So, yeah, he's going to get moved. All right, fair enough. When we come back, there's plenty of time for us to talk about that. But maybe Wentz will be on the merry-go-round as well. We continue to look and debrief Week 15 when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kev giving you the edge. We're looking at all the contenders in the NFC to try to see how the NFC now stacks up after week 15. So let's go all the way back, Kev, to Saturday, where one of the big-time contenders in the NFC got the job done. The Green Bay Packers at home beat the Panthers 24-16. to A lot of people got this spread at 8. Some got it at 8.5. And, and so that hook, we tell you all the time to watch for the hook. It came in to play on Saturday night. I want to ask you something, Kev. Aaron Rodgers in this game, right? Aaron Rodgers, who is by many people's account the second choice right now for MVP. You know I've been talking about his MVP candidacy as a contender for a while. He throws, Kev, for 143 yards total. Aaron Jones, his running back, runs for 145 yards total. That is more. When we talk about the Seahawks, right, and them running more than Russell Wilson was throwing, it's like not a great effort. Was this a good effort from the Packers that the run game did more than this MVP quarterback candidate in Aaron Rodgers? Or did they just, you know, do what they have to do to get a win at home and, uh, you know, continue their hold on the number one seed? I have no idea what in the world happened in this game. Mm. The Packers scored three touchdowns on their first three drives. They looked like they were going to score 40, 50 points. No exaggeration. I mean, the Panthers did not look like they had a prayer. They couldn't like get Julius Peppers in his prime to come back, and it would stop them and give them a chance to stop the Packers. And then they just couldn't do anything. Nothing was crisp. Like, the the throws were off. They were dropping passes. It was punt, 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 punt. It was, and it was three and yeah. outs. I don't know what happened to them. And that's why it's such a confusing performance. Because I can't say the offense was great because they closed the game just doing nothing. Can't really say it was poor because they were unstoppable to start. But this is something that the Packers have done at weird points in the year. They look unstoppable. And yep. then they mentally are like, <laughs> see on the other mm-hmm. side, 10 nothing lead to the Bucks, And then it's a 38-10 win for Tampa Bay. They were up double digits on the Colts at half. And then they barely could do anything in the second half until that final two-minute drive by Rodgers. So this game here, ultimately the Panthers didn't have enough. I thought Matt Rule did not do himself any favors. Fourth and goal on the four-yard line, kicking a field goal. I thought that was a big mistake. And ultimately, did they have the ball in the final end? Sure. But they needed to go the length of the field. Too, like There was way too much up against them. They needed a touchdown, not a field goal. It is what it is. It's a weird performance from Green Bay. At the end of the day, them getting the bye is incredibly important. But if they keep throttling, it's almost like they can't get up by too much. Like you yeah. can't keep throttling down and then not being able and to not get caught back on. Right. They might get caught at some point, right? And it may not happen against the Jaguars or against the Panthers or some of these other teams, right? But mess around, mess around and do that with the Arizona Cardinals or something like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah. watch yourself. You'll get caught, right? Let like, me ask you something, though. Yeah. Fundamentally, Kev, mm-hmm. do you believe in flipping the switch? 
Do you believe in taking your foot off the gas pedal? Like you like you said, they were up big, right? And then it doesn't – if you look at the box score, you're like, oh, they didn't then score in the second half. There are other teams this week, right, that got up big and then do nothing in the second half. It's not a good thing, right? It's not a good thing to kind of sleepwalk or take your foot off the gas pedal or whatever you want to call it, right? But do you believe part of it is – not really as big of a deal as betters or fantasy managers would worry about because I feel the same way like in baseball. If I'm a starting pitcher and my team is up 9 nothing, I'm throwing fastballs. And if you hit some of them over the wall, so be it, right? If, if I'm parking the bus and running out clock, you're right. They were three and out, three and out, three and out. But maybe part of it was they were throttling down. And they ultimately did win the game, right? Like, so how much of a factor do you consider that? Like, maybe teams do kind of in the second half take their foot off the gas pedal, and it's okay? But this is – so, Dan, when you're throwing those fastballs and then people yeah. are hitting singles, you, you're cursing out, you're losing your mind? Because that's what Rodgers no. was doing. Rodgers right. was losing his mind, right? Okay. And this is the other thing. If I'm up 40 to, you know, 17, who cares, Right. The game wasn't over. The game was far. Dang, this started in the first half of the game. I hear you. I hear you. And, like, that's why I think it is. it was such an issue in this one. I almost, and you know this, right? We've already joked during this show. I'm a little lower on Seattle than some whatever it is. That's the fair. Seahawks are almost like a nightmare matchup for Green Bay. Because Green Bay is going to get up. 24-10, because Seattle's defense I still don't believe in. Like you can keep And then Russ. <laughs> and then, right, and Seattle's going to come out running the football because they completely forget Russ is on the team. And then Green Bay is going to shut down, evidently. And then Russ is like, yeah, I know how to save the day. No problem. And then it's 27-27 with three minutes left in the game. Right. And at that point, it's like it's Rodgers, Russ, I don't know, whoever has the football. But you – just blow them out and keep going. And why that was so surprising is Rodgers openly, you know, you can catch the Pat McAfee show here on the network. Rodgers goes on there every week. Rodgers has openly said he wants to win MVP. That's why yeah. that was so surprising because that was the kind of game. I was watching that game with some people and we said, oh, he's going for four or five touchdowns. This is going to be like, an, this is going to be the game that makes the moment the flag planting. Right, right, right. It was going to be the shift. And instead, it was two total touchdowns, 140-some-odd yards, and a yeah. result. Yeah. No, I hear you. But the result is enough at this point for these Green Bay Packers to maintain, Kev, the number one seed in the NFC, yeah. right? It's interesting. Like, we're talking about, you know, uh, the Seahawks, but they're 10-4. and four. We're talking about the Packers, but they're 11-3. and three. We're going to do that with some of these teams in the AFC, too, I imagine. But both of these teams we're about to talk about next would love to have the record of the Green Bay Packers. I'm talking about two other teams that faced off in the NFC North. The Chicago Bears go to Minnesota and they get a 33-27 win over the Vikings. It is their seventh win of the season. They are now 7-7 seven and seven, and I gotta tell you something, Kev. I don't know if it's Mitch Trubisky. I don't know if it's the full Monty. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if Matt Nagy was hearing the calls for his job, but they have looked better offensively recently. They put up 33 points and David Montgomery, 146 yards and two touchdowns continuing a month kevin where he is really helping his fantasy managers ride into the playoffs yeah i mean david montgomery is kind of like mini derrick henrying this whole thing which is ridiculous <laughs> because the conversation around him was he's the worst running back in football 
And yep. I mean, at this point, it's just, you can't say that anymore. It's completely ignoring everything that he's doing. Uh, the Bears scored 33 points. They scored 13 when they saw this team just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and they had the benefit of a kick return touchdown. I mean, it's night and day. It is night and day what this Bears team is is doing right now. Uh, they're going to be playing the Jaguars and the Packers to close out their season. They absolutely could lose to Jacksonville. They also might be playing Jordan Love for 75% of the game in Week 17 with an opportunity to go 9-7. and seven. At the end of the day, I think it's going to be tough for them to catch Arizona. They now have the inside track over the Vikings. Right. But, like, this is the big thing. Trubisky. I mean, they're scoring a bunch. They're scoring yeah. a ton. I don't know. Maybe yeah. the benching did him a favor. Maybe maybe they're playing loose. We have seen maybe that at times, right? I don't yeah. know. But, like, mm-hmm. did, okay, Trubisky is not going to be out of the league at the minimum with what he's been able oh, to absolutely. do. absolutely. I don't think anybody thought he'd be out of the league. If anything, he could become mm-hmm. a backup. I mean, come on now. There's a lot of – like Blake Bortles is still sure. in the league as a backup. I mean, come on now. Right. Let's not go but like, crazy. An Let me ask you this way. To compete Let me ask you this like way. His future. I have another team with a quarterback that I'm a little low on that some people think is the franchise there. And now I want to see how they measure up against Trubisky for you. If you are the GM of the Bears yeah. or you are the GM of the Broncos yeah. – where do you think uh, – Do like, are you more comfortable in Locke for the next five years or Trubisky for the next five years? Hey, I'm doing Locke. I'm letting Locke okay. – I'm telling you, they're not, they're, not, they're not moving off Locke. I know you've been moving off Drew Locke since like week two. No, uh, but actually, I'm just saying the these are guys that have shown flashes that there are still questions about and teams need to make yeah. a decision on them. That's all. I understand that. But it's just Drew is in year two. Like we're like – He's, there's way more more time okay, left. Okay, fine. So forget about Drew Locke. Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's playing well, and he's going to give himself the chance to maybe even be the quarterback for the Bears next year. Which Do is, you think he is the quarterback the, for the Bears next year? Right now, I'll lean no, just because it feels like the Bears are going to have a house cleaning. But also, Dane, I mean, they might finish 9-7 and seven and make the playoffs. So a huge two weeks coming up for them. They also might finish seven and nine. They also might finish seven and nine. Listen, I think you accurately described that they can lose to anybody. (laughs) We've seen that, right? We've seen the way they have lost many different times, right? Even this guy, Mitchell Trubisky, who you're talking about, fumbling Mm -hmm. in spots, big-time spots late in the game against Detroit, I believe. So they are liable to do anything. I personally think the Packers will have something to play for still in Week 17, but that's a different topic for a different day. Another team that is in this NFC playoff battle that we got to talk about kev is the tampa bay buccaneers tampa bay gets a win they kind of stay in their position in the nfc race and it's interesting now because listen the saints get a loss right they get breathing room a little bit in the um wild card race and listen tom brady did his thing 390 yards and two touchdowns we know ronald jones wasn't there but leonard fournette who was a healthy scratch last time around to get some love for LaShawn mccoy he gets rested and he's good enough to get to the end zone twice via the run the tampa bay bucks put up a big number against atlanta but again doesn't matter for you right because you foresaw some of this coming and we're not going to be impressed yeah, i mean they were down 17 no, to the falcons 
I wonder how Falcon, like we, I mean, listen, the Jets for all of the most important reasons, right? But like, I wonder how Falcons feel about this performance. Like, did they want to win? Are they tired of it being ugly? Or was this great? Like that they look good for a while and then they gave it back. Here's the one thing I was saying is, you know, with, and you, like I said, for those that don't know, Tampa Bay to me, this was kind of written in the stars. They were going to look unimpressive, but get the results because the teams that they were playing were not great. And everyone was going to be super excited, hottest team of football, and I'm going to sell it. The one thing that I will say, and I'm starting to realize, that there's not many NFC teams that I speak highly of. I think Green Bay might be the only one, which is they probably are. why Green Bay a long time ago became my horse. Because at the end of the day, like if Tampa Bay, Matt you're Trump okay with New Orleans as well. You're okay with New Orleans as well. Yeah, but I'm like super worried about Drew. But like, yeah, I'm all right yeah. with New Orleans. Yeah, but like my <laughs> thing is like Tampa Bay today, right? I like is probably not in Seattle, like. It, like, what am I supposed to do with that game? I'll tell you this, though, right now. I think if it if that is the result today, I'm rolling with Seattle. Because, again, like, it's just the Tampa Bay defense now I even have more question marks about. The one big thing I will say, Antonio Brown finds the end zone. Yeah. That's the one big thing I'll say. Is A.B. finding the end zone and the, all of those guys putting up big numbers between Godwin and A.B. getting the end zone and Mike Evans, 100-yard receiving day. That might be a real big confidence boost for that team to know they can actually come yeah. back, which they've not been able to do. Listen, Evans had a game. Godwin got into the end zone as well. It's not like they have a shortage of weapons. We know that, right? We'll talk about one last NFC game that helped my fantasy team in the 11th hour, literally, when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here to the early line as we finish up our number one, Dane and Kev. I got to tell you, Kev, if you were watching pro football today, yesterday morning, you heard us break the news that Ezekiel Elliott was inactive with his calf at around 1130, okay? And then there was a scramble. A lot of people in the fantasy semifinal matchups went to Tony Pollard on the Niners' side. There was like, what would Mostert and Jeff Wilson do? I had a vested interest in both of these games and because kev i'm in a league with a lot of people who are chilling on the west coast they were still asleep when this news popped up so i was able to pick up tony pollard get his 69 yards on the ground and two touchdowns get his six catches and 63 yards get his breakaway 40 yard touchdown to salt it away at the very end and ultimately what this also does vis-a-vis the playoff picture is pretty much eliminate the niners who are holding out a little bit of hope but with their loss here, 41-33, those hopes are done. And I guess the light is still flickering for Dallas, Kev. It is. Uh, Dallas, if they win out, they will still need Washington to lose out. But they will have an opportunity to hold up the NFC East title. Uh, I think, really, the NFC East this year, all three teams that don't win the division are going to look back and like, man, if only we had this result, if only we had that result. But Dallas, maybe more than any, can just say, if we kept Dak, eventually we figure this thing out. And I think that's a fair enough thought for that team. Uh, The one thing is, Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott. And I don't love to, like, do hot takes. And, like, like man, like, there'll be times in the NBA, like, Blake Griffin would, like, miss games. Right, right, right. Like, yo, the Clippers are better without Blake. Like, you're an idiot. No, they're not. But, like... 
Tony Pollard is better than Zeke. Like, and yeah, he, there comes Zeke's contract. Like, it's it's not great. But Tony Pollard was great for my DFS lineup, great for your season long. Yeah. And probably will be great again next week. I mean, playing Philly. Do we think so? Do we think Dak? Do we think Zeke is shut down? Do we think we're making the move here? I mean, why wouldn't why would you bring Zeke back? I mean, when you say look back now, maybe the Jones family should have thought about how they allocated some of that money. I think Dak may have been a better investment than Ezekiel Elliott, but I digress. We'll see what happens with Dak and the Cowboys. When we come back here in hour number two, we look at the AFC games and races right here on the early line.